What's going on, y'all? I'm Brad. I'm Jeremy. And uh, we've been talking about things concerning reconciliation for a long time now. 20 years now. I'm white. I'm black. And we thought if we talked together about it in podcast form, it might serve some people. So let's, let's do talk it. about it. Broken and different. That's what we are. That's us. Blinded by chasing heaven's brightest star. Sun. We going towards him. We run with limps. We got, if got, you got, respond got, accordingly, you'll learn to hobble with, hobble with till we find where glory be. What glory at? No pros or experts on this That's journey. We are just learning how Jesus, Jesus makes, makes art out of our life's debris. What's up, Brad? What's going on, Jeremy? Not much, man. I'm interested in talking about incarnation. Mm. Um, in a way that respects that we might do it differently. Yes, yes. Based on yes. kind of racial lines. I'm excited to do this because I work primarily with black collegiate students. Mm-hmm. And the way I think about incarnation is very different. Yep. So let's do it. All right. So there's a resource um, that we've kind of developed over the years with the underground um, in kind of taking some stuff from Alan Hirsch, the four P's of incarnation, incarnation meaning to put on flesh. So there's four parts here, and I just thought maybe we could touch each part, and then and then I kind of explain like what I might mean by that or yeah. what that looks like for me, and then you could talk about it from, from your perspective. So uh, the f- first is proximity. If you want to do incarnation, you want to put on flesh, the kind of the John 1 paradigm of mission. Yeah. Um, you got to move in. You got to get close to the people he's called you to love. This means frequency and regularity. It requires us to move our bodies and be in the same places as those who are trying, that we are trying to love in the name of Jesus. And your proximity means for me in, in my history is like moving alongside, moving towards. Um, that means kind of uh, you know in line with John Perkins, you know relocation from like a. Mm-hmm. Uh, the white rural areas or white suburbs to kind of black and brown neighborhoods to to move alongside where we think Jesus might have lived, um, kind of being a, a you know poor uh, man himself, a construction worker himself, trying to find our you know our places, uh, you know our spaces in in those those places. In in, in college, it was me relocating in the classroom, finding black brown disenfranchised students even in the classroom and saying yeah. i'm going to sit next to s- some of those students sometimes they would you know respond positively to that sometimes they just be like we- we're ignoring you you know whatever there's different responses i'm not saying success rates i'm just saying this was an attempt to move in proximity uh close yeah. to other folks and um you know this is maybe me moving and uh going to some black churches black services you know um, black revivals uh, mm-hmm. and you know never having that experience just like looking around and be like I have no idea what's happening right now everybody seems to know this <laughs> song and know the rhythm of how to clap to it I don't yeah. but I'm here yeah. you know so that that for me is kind of a, a proximity uh, for incarnation <laughs> got it proximity yeah I mean it's for me it's more so you can't tell me, hey, move into the urban city. I'm like, that's where I was born. That's where I, was born. That's where I that's grew right. up in. Like, what do right. you mean move to it? Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, the best you might say is look around, like actually see it, like mm. see the fullness of it, mm-hmm. of where you're from. Maybe see how God sees it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was the. I was in a meeting one time, a student group, and the, the conversation was about uh, leaving the hood, like, mm. and believe it or not, the conversation went towards, like, everybody's just like, yeah, I'm out, and I never want to go back, mm-hmm. which is totally understandable with mm-hmm. folk who have grown up in places that are dilapidated. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not saying they don't love the people there. They're just like, I don't want to live there. Yep. Like, everybody's trying to get out. Um, and so I, I remember I just chimed in and was like, but the hood needs us. Like, we're the ones who are making it. We're privileged. We're getting college educations. Mm-hmm. The hood needs us. So I don't know if I would say get out, but you can't forget them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Proximity, I'm, I'm along those lines when it comes to like missional work. If we're talking about missional work in the yep. world. It means one thing in, in, in like the, if I'm doing specific mission like on the college campuses, that means one thing. That means proximity means going where, whoever you feel called to. You got to go on reach. campus at some point. You got to go on campus. <laughs> you got to, if you feel called to reach engineers, you got to actually go to your classes. Like yeah. be around them, yeah. figure out where they hang out, hang out mm-hmm. in those places. Mm-hmm. Like you got to go where those who don't know Jesus, you go where they are yep. and be near them. Mm-hmm. If I'm talking about the neighborhood, then that's, that's, that's a little different. Yeah. Uh, uh, it means uh, not, forget, for me, not forgetting, like mm-hmm. actually seeing Mm. the place that I come from, yeah, seeing it. And even if I was away from it, like I'm still near it. Like I got family there. So it's mm-hmm. like not discounting and just forgetting about yeah. that place, but actually being close to it, whether that's both, whether that's in heart, mm-hmm. whether that's physically or whether it's both of those. Yeah, yeah, mm, that's good. Number two, presence. That means like being around beyond proximity and engage in a meaningful way. Yes, that's requires good. intentional questions, conversations, becoming good listeners to dreams and the pain of people without trying to solve them. Mm-hmm. And so, for me, presence, you know, coming from majority culture, has a lot to do with not colonizing, not coming go. with an agenda, but coming with a listening posture, mm-hmm. being present to the pain and the beauty of a particular people group. Now, of course, this could be in your homeless population. You know, you're moving alongside, you're hanging out, and you're going, man, how can I listen? How can I feel? How can I hear? How can I be present to what God is seeing, what he's hearing, what he's saying in, the, in this place uh, and in this people, um, which really heavily pushes against the, the tendency to try to solve people or have an agenda or, or try to um, you know, make them like you essentially and of course when crossing cultures cultural lines and racial lines that gets really messy from majority culture to minority culture when Mm -hmm. i'm trying to say hey man i'm coming in proximity to you but now i'm going to try to make you like me presence pushes against that and says no no i'm coming alongside you in proximity but now i'm present i'm hearing i'm feeling when you're hurt i'm hurt i'm you know there's a there's a unity that comes with presence yeah. um, and, and feeling it. You're, you're sitting by the bed in the ICU ward, and you're present there. You're not solving nobody's problems. They're still in ICU. They're on the ventilator, but you're present. And, mm-hmm. and there's beauty and pain all mixed up in that thing. Um, so, so that's how I would maybe you know, kind of take presence yeah, for man. majority culture. 
ours is similar but has one sharp contrast and that is i'm not thinking about colonization (laughs) (laughs) um you don't have to think about that as much no not as much not (laughs) as much but if i'm in a neighborhood and it it depends on where i'm at but so i'll just use your examples if i'm with if it's with the homeless Mm -hmm. me as a person that it's kind of pretty privileged, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also trying not to solve their problem. I'm just trying to be with them. Yep. Um, learn about who they are, um, their pain, um, their problems, their joys, their successes, and, and to be with them in that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I guess in a in my neighborhood, presence means being a good neighbor, and mm-hmm. being for me as a black man is being the opposite of the stereotypes that follow me because of society's mm-hmm. stereotypes mm-hmm. so it's like be a good father um mm-hmm. like be president in the neighborhood and be a father be a good neighbor um mm-hmm. know my neighbors um i presence for me my example comes from my my, my mom like mm-hmm. she was fully present in my neighborhood that i'm from she knew everybody's name they knew her Mm-hmm. Um, she could borrow sugar from anybody. So yeah. it's like, who are the people you, you can borrow sugar from? Yeah. Or would they would feel okay with letting their kids uh, go, to, like you giving them a ride to school. Mm-hmm. Like that's like mm-hmm. being present. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, and then, you know, for the, there's a, lo- a large number of kids in my neighborhood who was my brothers, but wasn't really my blood brothers, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're my cousins, but they're not really my cousins. But it's because mm-hmm. that, there, there's like a presence there and that took time and i see that right now even with uh, you know in my neighborhood i'm only five years into the neighborhood i'm staying in now mm-hmm. in st petersburg and uh part of presence is slowly building relationship um mm-hmm. going to some community uh neighborhood meetings mm-hmm. uh knowing my neighbors across the street um uh and like them knowing me mm-hmm. uh so but for you presence yeah. has a little bit more leadership quality to it yeah yeah, right there's definitely. a little bit more like i'm here um yeah. i'm visible so f- for me oftentimes presence is like lowering of yourself yeah and not taking maybe leadership not assuming i need to come help this neighborhood or yeah. help this street or help these people but i'm present with them even if you do have stuff to offer you do have yeah. the gospel and love and resources and all that stuff but the presence piece I do think that's interesting. Yeah. You know, that comes out a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. Number three, powerlessness. This is, uh, you know, you demonstrate you got needs. You don't have all the answers. You share your doubts, your weaknesses, and the trials you face. And uh, you just mentioned borrowing the sugar. I'm like, that's what that is, powerlessness. Mm-hmm. You you borrow sugar. You're in a place where you have to borrow sugar. Mm-hmm. And you are free enough in Christ to borrow sugar from the folks that you're trying to reach and love and do life with. That's a part of doing life. That's a part of being in relationships, friendships, family. There's moments where you go, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need. This is what I'm insecure about. But sometimes, uh, for majority culture, and especially men, let me add that one to it, that, that layer to it, we like to have all the answers. We like to be the experts. We like mm. to be, there's no doubt in my mind, this is the way it should be done. And we yeah. come, even if we, there is doubt in us, we still come across and we preach like that. You yeah. know, my life is the way it should be. I, there is no question. There is no doubt. Um, there is no insecurity. Mm. Powerlessness says, man, I get hungry too. We yeah. see this in Jesus. He gets hungry. He gets thirsty. He goes to sleep. You mm-hmm. know, he gets tired. 
it's okay to get tired. It's okay to admit you're tired with your neighbors. It's okay to borrow sugar, yeah. you know, and the need to be able to do that. Um, and again, this directly pushes against the expertise-based approach of uh, a lot of majority culture ministers. Yep, yep. Yeah, I, I think um, I come into that, this concept of powerlessness in a way in which it's just an expectation. It's an expectation that, um, I don't know, can I say expectation? Maybe a norm. Like, it's a norm that once I'm present, mm. powerlessness will happen. Like, mm. that I'm not hiding parts of my life from the people that are part of my life, like mm. in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody dies, it's like they, they, they know. They know, like, they'll know we're mourning just because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. constant interaction with folks. So powerlessness for me uh, is interesting because I just think uh, there is that norm of, like, borrowing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just norm. Once you know a neighbor. I need a ride. Like I need you, some sugar. That's, that's part of it. Eggs, and people yeah. come to my house knock knock on my door mm-hmm. and ask for a ride they ask for a couple bucks yep um and there's time where i just i ain't got it man like i just don't have it yeah like yeah um is your house known for that now yeah my house yeah and and there's other white people on my street they don't get hit <laughs> up people people know yeah yeah they, <laughs> they know, know who oh, gonna open that the house, door that house you can who will on. give it if they have it yeah you um, can knock on that door but there's people who know, like, if he got it, he going to give it, but he might not have it. Um, yeah. I'm not the savior. I'm just yeah. I'm just one of them. Yep. Um, uh, and now this this is I don't I, this is not prescriptive, but I think it's just reality I live in. Um, so I could exercise my privilege and get a lawnmower, get, hire okay. Okay. a professional yep. landscaper. Yep. Um, and, and and get my yard right looking right yeah um but instead i have like a neighborhood friend who yep does my line for me and they're kind of like a grassroots company Mm -hmm. uh probably gonna find a website but do a good job um it's things like that where it's like i'm dependent on Mm -hmm. people from the neighborhood or around me yeah and that's even the black economy that's it yeah that's it yeah keep that dollar yeah yeah yep you know giving it to black business yeah um and doing that stuff like that where it's like i'm not just i'm just not in the neighborhood and fending for myself but i'm actually intentionally Mm -hmm. linking my dependence Mm -hmm. to other people yeah yeah Mm. that's good that's good last one man proclamation this is talking about jesus using words to share the truths of god his eternal love for the broken world and I think when, when you got all four of these things for coming from a majority culture position, I think your proclamation has more gravity and is possibly more pure. Because, yeah. again, if you just have proclamation, talking about the truth of God and His grace, but it, it's, not, it's not seasoned with powerlessness or presence or proximity, mm-hmm. then it's something else. I, I almost don't want to call it proclamation. Um, it, it's... It's just noise mm-hmm. at some point where yeah. it's like it could have been beautiful noise and we would call it music. But yeah. in isolation, 
it's just noise. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're saying even all the right words. You're saying all the magical gospel words, mm-hmm. but it's still noise and it's like it's like fingers on a on a chalkboard. Uh, if anybody ever remembers what chalkboards are like, um, yeah. <laughs> that type of thing, right? <laughs> but and, you're right. And, and yeah. So for me, there, there, there's a good use of words. There's good uses of, uh, uh, you know, sharing these truths. But to me, the the other three things unlock this last thing. Definitely. Especially Definitely. for majority culture, because otherwise it does come across like I know best. I know God. You don't. I'm bringing God to you. He hasn't spoken to you or your people. Ever. You know, yeah. that stuff kind of gets communicated, even if you don't mean to communicate mm-hmm. it, without mm-hmm. the other three. You know what? I, I In my neighborhood, when I was young, there were churches and organizations who would come to the neighborhood. Okay. And yeah, with a van. With a van or something. Yeah. They would Now, they would, like, partner with maybe a local community leader to, like, throw an event. Okay. And that event would have, like, candy that they would give yep. and different yep. things, and yep. they would share the gospel yep. and Thanksgiving all turkey. That. All that, yeah. right? When somebody was really in trouble in my neighborhood and they needed somebody to pray for them, they weren't thinking about, like, what's the number to that group that yeah. we that just came? Um, they they would, they would, Brad, tell your mom to pray for me. Like, mm-hmm. I know Miss Peggy really good with Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. that's because when they came to my house, my mom would talk to them. How are you? How are your family doing? Yeah. When the last time you was to church? Yeah. And that would, that mm-hmm. it was normal for her mm-hmm. and normal for them. They knew it. They knew that mm-hmm. would, that would happen. Um, but they also knew that she cared for them because while she's talking to them, she's giving them something cold to drink. Um, <laughs> and it's cause she's, she is all these things. She is in the neighborhood. She's yep. close. She's, yep. she has a certain amount of powerlessness, powerlessness that she operates in. And, yep. and she is, she will proclaim the gospel in a way in which she, she can do it because there's a respect there. Yeah. And I think, respect might be a really good indicator of whether or not you should share the gospel because mm. it's gonna it's gonna be connected to whether you can share the gospel effectively for yeah. those who are like in these uh urban areas and and uh and are trying to be missional uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you have built up the proper respect mm. then your proclamation will be uh significant sounds different uh, and I'm saying this, so some might say, but Brad, uh, the sending out of the seven and two, the sending out of the twelve, defeats that thinking, okay. right? Okay. They might say that, except that the gospel has come to these neighborhoods. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're not the first one bringing you're not it. Not the first one. That's right. Um, and so <laughs> these homeless folks, they know the scripture some, better than you do. Some of them some know. Of them, some they of them quote know. that junk. Yeah. Oh. And so you're coming into a place where God is at work. And where you need proper respect in order to proclaim well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that now that's mostly for my white brothers and sisters. Like, but also, if you like me, you you like I I've been college educated. I'm not from the neighborhood I, I moved into. I'm okay. actually new to it. I grew up in Fort Myers, spent mm-hmm. ten years in Tampa, and then came to St. Petersburg. Right. And so even me coming into that neighborhood, feeling comfortable and loving it, yep. still waiting. It's like there are, there are fathers and mothers of that neighborhood who yeah. have been who gave blood so in tears and prayer for the neighborhood and i mm-hmm. need to wait for the proper respect before i just try to like get on the bring megaphone. a gospel that i think that they yeah. need so yeah bring the megaphone so w- one brother just to maybe wrap up here that i think does this really well is um shout out to creed smith creed my boy creed, 
man. Yes. He's amazing. He's, yes. he's in the neighborhood. He's one block away from me living in this house, man. And this brother's really been walking this out. Um, he's multiracial. Uh, I forget. All he kinds is of. Pakistani. That's right. And Jamaican. And Jamaican. That's right. And it's amazing. So we've made he's jokes amazing. before about, you know, who's able to open up to him, where he could go, what conversations he could have, who will have those conversations with him in the neighborhood compared to me. Yeah. You know, um, and, and just the inherent walls that, um, that I hit as trying to be incarnational missionary. But this guy, he, he moves alongside, he moves down the street. He's, he's present with people. He, he knows all, all the dealers, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he's seen several of them come to the Lord, make confessions of faith, you know, trying to repent out of that lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, um, so he doesn't hold back from proclamation. He moves alongside. He's trying to, he's trying to learn different languages, you know. So he he's like, man, I don't know Creole. You yeah, know? So working with yeah, some yeah. Haitians, and I don't know. So he's asking like, help me, help. I want to learn some more Creole, and I want to I want to try to speak in Creole. And he does have a gift of tongues because like he learns mm. languages fairly quickly, mm. or at least base level language fairly quickly. Yeah. And so man, everybody just loves this dude. And of course, he proclaims Jesus. He does. You know? He does. And he lets it out, but it comes out differently, man. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just a few weeks ago, we he baptized two dudes in the back of his truck. Come on. Got some tarps, put some tarps in the back of his truck, filled it up <laughs> with water, and baptized these two brothers. You know, that is in all front, right. and it, it was like a bunch of underground folks, and then a bunch of like neighborhood folks. Yeah. You know, and and there's a lot of blending of those type of folks. Sure. Sure. <laughs> all in sure. between. It was amazing, but he, you know, for right now, man, he, he's just like one of those guys that stands out as a guy who's really walking in all four of these P's of incarnation, yeah. you know, proximity, proximity, presence, powerlessness, and proclamation, mm-hmm. and he's seeing the fruit of it. That's deeper than just driving in, getting on a megaphone, you know, yeah. and letting it rip. Yeah, man. So really beautiful example. Thanks, Creed. Thanks, Creed. Amen. Love you, brother. God bless you guys. 